Horses have begun taking to the track at Santa Anita in the morning, but not yet in the afternoon. An update on the condition of the racing surfaces is straight ahead, plus the effect of the disruption on one of the most overlooked horsemen's groups, jockey's agents. How do you book rides when there's no racing? We'll have all that and more on this edition of In the Gate. They're in the gates. They're about to move in. They roll out. And they're off. It's a move to the top of the straight. It's a hit-bumping finish. This is In the Gate, ESPN's Thoroughbred Racing Podcast. My name is Barry Abrams. You can follow me on Twitter at B. Abrams Voice or on Facebook at Barry Abrams Voice. You can also get us on our YouTube channel by searching In the Gate Podcast. You can get us on SoundCloud as well. Get us at the iTunes Store or TuneIn.com. You can get us on that little pink podcatcher app on your phone you didn't even know you had. And now you can subscribe to In the Gate in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. For the full In the Gate experience, subscribe now in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. Light training on the main track at Santa Anita has resumed. No timed breezes, but some jogging and stretching of legs. The Daily Racing Form reports that racing will resume on Thursday, March 22nd. That date is contingent, of course, on the results of additional safety inspections. The team conducting those inspections is led by Dr. Mick Peterson of the University of Kentucky, co-founder of the Racing Surfaces Testing Laboratory. And we're pleased to welcome Dr. Peterson back here to In the Gate. Now, Let's point out that we're recording this on Monday night, March 11th. What have you found so far? Well, the thing is that risk to the horse is always multifactorial. So our goal on this whole process is to improve the track to whatever extent we can. I mean, looking at cause at this point is not even productive. What we've got to do is we've got to get better. And you you look at the spate of injuries and, you know, it's completely unacceptable. I mean, we can't do this. And so what we're doing is we're looking at absolutely every option. And that doesn't matter whether it's uh, the CHRB and Rick Arthur and the equine medical director looking at the horses. In my case, my expertise is the track. And I'm providing whatever information I can to the CHRB, to the track. And then we're just trying to get better at this point because we can't keep doing this. Well, right. But I mean, I know you're you're looking for every option, but when you go into something like this, you have to have a game plan. And after your first visit out here, proclaiming the surface is okay, what are you even looking for? Well, the first assumption we went into was that there was segregation of the material. And so with the rains, what will happen, and you don't see this so often in uh, California, you see that a lot in the East Coast or, or even the Midwest, what will happen is the fine material will go towards the inside of the rail. And so what we did was even before we were doing the testing, that was when Andy peeled back the surface, he inspected the base, and then by peeling back the surface and remixing it, you eliminate that segregation of the material. At this point, what we're doing is we're making sure, and we did tests, we took seven samples and did tests. By the time we were done with the test, we did not see a lot of variation. Our first assumption is spatial variation. We want every step to be consistent. And we did not see spatial variation in it when we went back and looked at it. So at that point, we have to go back and look at the other thing that we had out there was we had ground, ground penetrating radar. So we want to make sure that the layers have been laid down well. And 
obviously after he peeled it back, there was some variation, but we followed up with the ground penetrating radar and eliminated that. So we've got a consistent surface with a consistent composition. What Dennis has done is he has gone ahead after we closed again or closed completely, Dennis has gone back and remixed the entire surface. And uh, there's an engineer out there now. He's been using the biomechanical surface tester as well as the ground penetrating radar to make sure that he gets everything laid down. So he's remixed the surface again and brought up some more of the fine material from down below. So we're at the same time, we're continuing to do tests on this end to make sure that we can match the shear strength. One of the advantage areas that at Santa Anita, we've got a huge amount of baseline information. This is one of the dozen tracks in the country where we have had a full set of tests done every six months. And at Santa Anita, it's been going on for, well, it's been going on since they've had the dirt track. We did it for the synthetic track, but obviously not relevant. So that's what we're trying to benchmark it to. At the same time, we've got to look at all the other issues, you know, any horse-related issues. And, you know, that's not my expertise, but that's at the same time. Given the fact that it's multifactorial, we have to look at the track at the same time we're looking at the horses. Now, it's easy to say Southern California's had roughly 17 inches of rain since October 1st. Normally, L.A. gets 15 inches for an entire 365-day calendar year. And that's why there's such a problem. Now, what do you say to making the weather a scapegoat? Well, that's not a solution. We get a lot of rain in New Orleans. We handle it there. And one of the challenges for the industry, and the industry needs to step up. I'm not going to defend the industry on all of this because there needs to be a more systematic approach to how we maintain tracks. What I've seen consistently is that when we have unusual weather, it's a challenge for the tracks. So that would be a dry period at Gulf Stream or Fairgrounds or this year at Churchill uh, or a rainy period at uh, Sunland Park or Santa Anita. That seems to me like that's a training and communications piece. And, 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 and the industry at this point needs to step up and make sure that everybody has what they need. Dennis Moore is a huge advantage out there because he remembers the years when they had a lot more rain in Southern California 30 years ago now, but that's no solution either. I mean, something happens to Dennis Moore, we need to be able to duplicate those skills. And I think that's what we're looking at right now is we're dependent on my technology combined with Dennis Moore's skills, and we need to duplicate that and bring that to the other tracks. You know, we made progress in some areas and in other areas, it seems like, you know, we have one bad year and it seems like we're, we're back in the bad old days. And that to me is a lack of training, a lack of information, a lack of communication. We're talking here on In the Gate with Dr. Mick Peterson, whose team is conducting the track inspections at Santa Anita. That facility remains closed for racing until March 22nd. Now, there were 21 fatalities at the track since the start of the Santa Anita meet the day after Christmas. We all know that. Of course, most of the talk has been about whether something's amiss on the main dirt track, but four of those 21 deaths were on the turf course. How much attention are you paying to the turf? What we've done is we've uh, stepped back and looking at the turf track, that, that also, again, suggests that we've got a broader issue rather than just remixing the dirt and the dirt on the main track. We, we need to look at the turf track. 
Santa Anita has committed to instituting a more complete monitoring system on their turf track. They've got a quite an experienced superintendent on the turf. Uh, his name's Jesse, and he does a terrific job. But again, I'm not sure how much experience he has with this much rain. And I think Stronic Group has done a good job. They're reconsidering when they take races off the turf. And, you know, that's obviously a challenge for the for them financially, but it's also a challenge to be closed the way they've been. Now, let's say you conduct all of your tests, your team conducts all of the tests, and wind up finding nothing unusual going on with either the dirt or the turf course, which is where you seem to be trending. You know that if and when you break that news to Santa Anita officials and eventually the public, that news will be taken two ways. Glad to hear the tracks are considered safe, but also, what could be causing these deaths? Is there something darker going on here? So, how does that color the way you'll present your findings to them? Well, I guess the best case of that was, you know, a few years ago, we had another spate of injuries at Aqueduct, and what I think the success at Naira at that point was, we didn't find anything with the track. And so Naira doubled down on the amount of data that they were taking from the track to see if there was something we were missing. A clear example of that is we need to be measuring moisture content during races and not just once a day. And what I think is really one of the biggest challenges is for superintendents is when you've got a floated track that you're running on, at what time do you open that? When do you make the transition to a Harrow track? Right now, they're not given any information aside from race times and just observation. You know, we need to give them more tools. And let me tell you another another group that needs more tools and the, the track needs to provide more information. That's the trainers. The trainers are having to make decisions about the fitness of their horses. And if the speed of the track varies dramatically from day to day due to moisture content, that's not an easy decision for them, and they're still trying to get the horses ready for the races. So by providing more information to the trainers, you know, there's some trainers who just have a feel for it, and you probably don't need to give them more information. They have the judgment. But there's a lot of them. If you give them more information and they learn to integrate it into their training routine, we can help bring the horses up to the right level of fitness and not overtrain them. So it's really the responsibilities on us me from the technology side, the tracks from the information side to provide more information to help support the trainers to do their job too, to protect the horses and get them ready for races. You've hinted at a number of potential improvements that could be made in the way tracks are maintained and the information communicated. Do you think there is a greater good for the industry that will come out of this, or will this be considered a case-specific situation? Every indication to me is I'm hopeful that we're going to get better. Now, you should call me back in a month and or, 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 or two months, and if we haven't made any progress, I will tell you. Because, you know, this isn't what I signed up for. I'm an engineer. I'm not a horseman. And, uh, you know, I got into this to protect the animal and to protect the rider. And by protecting the horses and the riders, that takes a commitment by the industry. I've seen every indication that Stronic Group is moving in the right direction and that there's other players in the industry that are supportive, but 
you know, attention is, is something that's uh, transient. And, and, and I appreciate your concern because I'm concerned too. Dr. Mick Peterson of the University of Kentucky co-founded the Racing Surfaces Testing Laboratory and is part of the team working to make Santa Anita safer than it is now. Thank you so much for a few minutes for sharing this with us, and we look forward to hearing more updates. Thank you. How would you like to book rides for a jockey based at Santa Anita right now? Other than the fact that there's no racing, what's the problem? We'll talk with the agent for Flavion Pratt about how they're dealing with this right after the break. Welcome back to the In The Gate podcast. It was supposed to be a blowout weekend at Santa Anita with the Big Cap and the San Felipe as the headliners on a big stakes weekend. But on Saturday, March 9th, Mario Gutierrez was riding in Arkansas, Mike Smith was in New York, and Flavion Pratt, who's won six graded stakes this year, wasn't riding. In fact, he hasn't ridden a race since March 3rd, right before the great race place suspended racing for two weeks. Now, think about it. In many businesses nowadays, there are almost always workarounds. Maybe you can work from home if something's amiss in the office. Maybe you travel a lot for your job. So if one or two clients drop you, you simply move on to the others. But in the racetrack world, there are jockey colonies, the group of regulars who don't just ride the big stakes, but all the daily races that allow people to make a living. It's not really feasible for a jockey in California to bring his tack to Arkansas for two full weeks and try to take rides away from the rest of the colony. Big stakes days are different. Those are one-day things. So how do jockeys and their agents cope when there's a disruption like the one at Santa Anita? Usually, we like talking with the riders themselves on this show. They're the ones you all know. But I think we'll learn more by chatting with a jockey's agent. So, since we mentioned Flavion Pratt, let's chat with his agent, Derek Lawson. Thanks so much for being here. Hearing that news that the track would be closed must have been like Marvin the Martian saying, Oh, don't mind the Earth. It'll be gone in just a few minutes. It blocks my view of Venus. Like you just assume the Earth is always going to be there, and thanks to Bugs Bunny it still is, Flavion and you must assume that Santa Anita will be racing. So what did you think when you heard what was happening? Right, and that's the point, is that uh, Flavian's uh, the first half of the year, the uh, the challenge of uh, Joel Rosario coming out to Southern California has just uh, boosted our competitive spirits and uh, juices, and uh, Flavian's been riding really well, and I've been finding him uh, good horses to ride, so it's been a good, a good two months. Now we're in March. But nonetheless, hearing that news that the track would be closed must have been like Marvin the Martian saying, Oh, don't mind the Earth. It'll be gone in just a few minutes. It blocks my view of Venus. I mean, just like you assume the Earth is always going to be there, and thanks to Bugs Bunny it still is, Flavion and you must assume that Santa Anita will be there. Well, of course. And uh, unfortunately, we've had an unprecedented amount of rain that took place. We lost at the time... When all this rain was falling, Dennis Moore decided to not work at Santa Anita anymore. So there was a new individual who had taken over, possibly between the uh, racetrack management and the people in charge of the racetrack. They may have made some mistakes, but they'll get it organized. It's like anything else. They received the criticism. It stings, but they're on their way back. They're working their way back. The track looks outstanding. 
and uh, so uh, the problem will get uh, will get rectified. What did Flavian and any other rider with whom you've come in contact, any other horseman with whom you've come in contact, say about the condition of the track? Did they ever say, "Hey, this might not be so good right now"? It, it happened the last week and a half because Flavian was never complaining about the track or anything else. But in the last uh, week and a half, he felt that the bottom was very hard. And remember, it's a clay type of dirt and mixture that they have. And the more rain and more was packed down, the clay got harder and harder. So that was a concern. That was a concern. Well, you obviously, A, love horses. B, are the caretaker of a man who makes his living with his body. So how concerned have you been about all this that's been going on? Well, fortunately... No horse that fled. Oh, yeah, actually, you know what? He did ride one horse that broke down, now that I remember, a horse of Leonard Powell. So that horse did get put down. I can't give you the name right off the bat, but he was on one horse. Fortunately, he was able to pull that horse up, and uh, he didn't fall. But unfortunately for the horse, his life was lost. So there is a concern, absolutely. I've suffered with one injury that Flavian had four years ago. So, yeah, that's a major concern. And it's also not only a major concern for jockeys, it's the exercise riders in the morning as well who can get hurt. And then they they lose their income as well. So there is a concern. The people that own the horses, they have a vested interest financially and emotionally in their horses. They were also stung. So it's not like we're just you know wiping the, the slate clean. No, there's going to be some new regulations that are going to be put in. You have to contact this new task force. You're going to have to tell them uh, you're working the following day. They will have a right to come over and take a look at the horses before they work. And uh, they'll also have the right to tell you, no, you're not working the horse. There's something wrong with your horse. So that's something that's going to be, we're all going to have to understand and work with. It's a new beginning. Now on what was supposed to be Santa Anita Handicap Day, Big Cap Day, I saw Mike Smith riding in New York on a day that had stakes, but not a blockbuster day. I saw Mario Gutierrez riding in Arkansas. Had you tried to get Flavian rides out of town? Yeah, I did. I tried to go to ride Tampa Bay. We tried to go ride Todd Pletcher's horse in the Tampa Bay Derby. He, at the last moment, uh, decided to use Joel Rosario. At the time when I was hustling around, I ended up getting on about seven horses in Florida, but when uh, Flavien and I started looking at the horses that we were supposed to ride, they're the type of horses that we haven't been riding all year long. So I called up the stewards, and we took off of those horses in Florida for last Saturday and Sunday. So I, there was an opportunity to go ride, but I just saw, thought that staying home was our, our better option because we were able to work. Kentaka, who's going to run in a stake, we were, we were able to work. Bellafina, we also worked for uh, Richard Mandela, Omaha Beach, who worked really, really well. So we used the time to get some of the horses that are coming up for the stakes ready to run and by working them. And they were all working at Los Alamitos, which has an outstanding track, and uh, Los Alamitos had no problem. So, um, and by the way, uh, Dennis Moore is in charge of Los Alamitos. So, um, so you can tell, you can, you can know that the, both all three racetracks in Southern California are back under good hands again and good uh, stewardship and leadership. Derek Lawson, agent for jockey Flavian Pratt, joins us here on In the Gate. So I guess you've answered the question, what we did with our winter vacation. Let's change the topic. Oh, wait some. a minute, wait a minute, wait a, wait a minute, Bear. There's no vacation. Are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs>
We were at, we, uh, I woke up and picked up Flavian at 4.30 in the morning. We drove to Los Al. He was on his first horse. In fact, we got there so early that they turned on the lights at the racetrack in Los Alamitos so we, could, we would be able to see that we were working. So there was no vacation. I didn't go anywhere. I stayed right here. <laughs> I'm sure your wife really appreciates that. Yeah, well. uh, the thing is, people have been talking a lot about the main track, but some of those fatalities occurred on the turf course, too. What have Flavian and other horsemen you've encountered said about the turf course? That's never been a problem uh, for us as far as uh, the condition of the track. They didn't use it all that much. Obviously, there are holes at, in certain spots. And remember, with all the rain, the track may have not have been as firm as it has been in the past. But you're right. I think there were, uh, I'm not sure exactly the, uh, the number of fatalities that took place on the grass course. But there were, uh, well, actually, I think uh, there were a couple of major stakes horses that unfortunately uh, got hurt and uh, they lost their lives. So, yeah, that was a problem as well. But again, the main focus and the main complaint that I was getting from Flavien was on the main track, and it was just basically because it was so firm, deep. The deep part of the track was very, very hard. Well, wait a minute. We talked about this with Mick Peterson a few minutes ago, but if there was so much rain, how would the base be so firm? Because they kept floating the track and they kept uh, keeping the track from not draining down below, okay? They kept packing it down, packing it down, packing it down, and that's how you ended up getting the firmness on the, on the, on the base. I know he came through and did his studies and everything like that, but, and they did uh, dig a little bit deeper to try and uh, soften up the uh, hard ground. But again, I'm not a track person. All I was doing was listening to what Flavien was telling me, and he did say that when the horses were, were hitting, they were hitting some pretty firm uh, bottom. Let's change topics to something a little bit happier. Galilean now takes the lead on the outside with his move. Feeling Strong is starting to rally from behind. He is just behind Whooping Jay at the top of the stretch where Galilean opens up. Quickly putting away the top two. Galilean well clear and you could find a telescope to find the competition behind Galilean. Where is Galilean in his training? He worked 48 and 2, galloped out in 101. He's running in the Rebel Stakes at uh, Oakland Park. I believe Flavian Pratt is also the regular rider of Vasilika. Vasilika is starting to launch a wide bid. She's within six lengths of the lead, gathering momentum. Top of the stretch behind Mura. Vasilika motoring down the center of the course as Miss Bad Behavior gets the lead. But here's Vasilika storming home in the center of the course. And Vasilika's streak of luck continues a nice rally into second. But Vasilika, the story just keeps getting better as she wins the Buena Vista. Two stakes wins at this Santa Anita meet for Vasilika. What is next for her? Well, it's been a wonderful year. Uh, that was Flavian's 10th victory out of 11 starts. Her next race will be the Royal Heroine, close to the end of the meeting. And uh, she's been such a tremendous uh, surprise. I, what can I say? Uh, Jerry Hollendorfer has done a really wonderful job in keeping her ready to run. I'll tell you what Flavian told me about three races back. He mentioned to me that Vasilika is making him a better rider because all she does is she asks him to get her to the top of the stretch and she'll get him home. So his responsibility with her is to maneuver her through the early part of the race and make sure that she's ready to, or when she sets it down, that she's ready to go down the lane. And so far, we've been pretty successful in that. But that was a quote from him, is that she's made him a better uh, better rider. 
Yeah, usually great coaches say that to be great coaches, they have great players. I would think the same right. is true for jockeys. Derek Lawson, the agent for jockey Flavian Pratt, thanks so much for a few minutes. Thank you very much, Barry. appreciate you uh, giving us the time. Our thanks to Derek Lawson and Dr. Mick Peterson. Suspending racing at Santa Anita has garnered a lot of attention, and many derisive comments did it bring. None more alarming than an uninformed talk show host who wondered why horse racing is even still a thing. It's clear that guy knows nothing of this thing, nor does he care to. He makes his bones as an expert of all sports. But say what you want about omnipotent commentators in the media, people listen to them, whether or not you believe they're torts. Well, at least horse racing has an organization to counter this narrative, to control the message before it gets this far with a leader who has credibility in our general sporting culture, a go-to person with the charisma of a star. Oh, wait, I must have confused horse racing with every other sport, with a centralized and structured authority. It's bad enough that know-it-alls take their shots at horse racing. The lack of response means those shots are taken for free. You can get us on our YouTube channel by searching In The Gate Podcast. You can get us on SoundCloud as well. Get us at the iTunes Store or TuneIn.com. You can get us on that little pink podcatcher app on your phone you didn't even know you had. And now you can subscribe to In The Gate in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. For the full In The Gate experience, subscribe now in the Listen tab of the ESPN app. And you can follow me on Twitter at B. Abrams Voice or on Facebook at Barry Abrams Voice. That's In The Gate for this week. I'm Barry Abrams. We'll see you next time.